to McKinley Cast, episode four, Kim Kelly is my friend. In this episode, Lindsay finds herself invited to the Kellys for dinner, but are Kim's motives pure? No. While Lindsay's getting a glimpse into how the other half lives, Sam is introduced to a whole new world of mean witches, girl bullying. Then it all culminates at the Weir's house, giving Ma and Pa Weir a eye-opening experience. I'm Emily. I'm Rich. I'm Carol. I'm Katrin. I'm Aisha. And I'm Kelly Joe. You like that? You like that applause right there? I know. I don't ever get applause on my show. I've never gotten applause either. I'm jealous. <laughs> okay, Rich. Yeah! <laughs> Life is complete. So... Uh, Kim Kelly is my friend. Last week we spent most of the time talking about how awful Kim Kelly was. And this week we get a Kim Kelly-centric episode. How would you guys feel about that? It's kind of appropriate that on the episode we meet the Kellys, we have a Kelly here. Mm-hmm. And fun fact, my sister's name is Kimberly. There you go. So Kim Kelly, that's interesting. Yeah. So my first uh, note is Rashida Jones. Yeah, Rashida oh Jones. God. Or Ann Perkins, as I like yes. to call her. Wait, quick question. Shoot. Are we allowed to curse on this? Yes. Okay. So she, it's not the first. So The Office wasn't the first time she played a bitch named Karen. <laughs> that is absolutely true. <laughs> I was wondering. I'm like, Karen, is that her name? I was like thinking about it today going, I think her name's Karen, but I don't think it is because I think I'm thinking of The Office. Okay. So it is Karen in The Office too. Yes. And her real life name is Rashid. You're... Right. Yes, I was. Uh, I I always forget that she was in this show. I, this show randomly has like uh, guest characters that are just people that are famous now that you totally don't even re- like. You, we, I had no idea who she was back then. That this must have been one of her first like real acting jobs. Yeah, but... I don't watch The Office, so I didn't know who she was this time either. Same yeah. I just got caught up on Parks and Rec, and I was, like, fangirling with stars in my eyes while I was watching the whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys don't watch Parks and Rec either, huh? Oh, my God. No. Parks and Rec is no. great. You're seriously missing out. It's yeah, probably it's the best good. show on yeah. TV. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I was just – just like you, Aisha, that's, when I see her, that immediately improved the episode by, like, at least, you know, went from a regular score to, like, a score plus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But okay, so yeah, so the, the episode starts out with Rashida Jones and uh, in the hallway, and I think she she was just broken up with by her boyfriend, and she just is being a bitch to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I think that's. It. I'm sorry, I just yeah, go ahead. No, say what you were gonna say. Um, well, what first happens is Millie is coming in with donuts. Right. Oh right, my right. god. Yes. <laughs> that's a good scene. I I love Millie. I I feel so bad. <laughs> okay, a... I I keep meaning to like mention this, and I keep forgetting. My dog's name is Millie. Yeah. <laughs> Aww. Whenever I'm watching, and I tend to like comment on things while I'm watching. So during that first scene with Millie and her donuts, I was like, "Oh, Millie!" And my dog <laughs> just looked at me in a very confused kind of way. <laughs> um... Yeah. I think that that first scene, it was like, okay, yeah, this this is real typical. I, my son and I were watching it together, as we have been doing, and 
that that kind of came out of both our mouths a lot of times as we were watching. Yeah, this is, you know, typical. What do you mean by typical? Just the fact that she was bringing in the donuts or the way that she reacted to the uh, people I talking think, to her? I think the, the kid who's going to bring the donuts, the kids who are going to take advantage of the kid bringing the donuts, mm. the kids who are going to be obnoxious to the kid bringing the donuts, you know. It's, the kids mm-hmm. eating the donuts off of the floor? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> they were three second rule. Come on. That's true. <laughs> that, that too, yeah. Plus, some of those donuts looked like they were gourmet or something. They had some kind of crazy stuff going on, like there's some like lemonade donuts or something like that. You ever have one of those? Those are slamming. Just want to get really? that out there. Never heard of them. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I actually kind of I really like that scene. I like uh, one of my favorite parts of the show is just the way that they um, kind of direct it and edit it because you get this scene where you get all of the characters, like almost every recurring character that we've met so far, all in like one single, like, uh, I don't know if it's one camera shot, but like it goes from, it starts with Millie walking up and then she meets up with the geeks or whatever. And then as she's, she walks away, the camera kind of follows her. And then it, well, it goes up to the the jock guy saying like saying uh-huh. that he was working out or whatever, and then he accidentally slaps Sam in the stomach, and then it follows Sam all the way to his locker where Rashida Jones and Kim Kelly show up. So it's like I just like that transition. It's like really natural and it flows really well. Uh-huh. Uh, that's one of my favorite parts of the show, and <clears throat> I like the fact that you get some kind of idea of. Like, they kind of, uh, they show you exactly what each of these characters, like, they, they kind of epitomize each of the characters in this scene, you know? Like, Millie is very awkward and doing awkward things. The freaks are being kind of, like, Daniel is very forward with his wanting of the donut, while Nick is just kind of like, I would like a donut, too, you know? But, like, trying to be nice about it, and then... You know, obviously, Sam and Neil and Bill just being as geeky as possible and the girls being bitches. Is Lindsay even in that opening scene? I'm trying to remember now. I don't think so. No. That's interesting. Hmm. It's not until later. Yeah, and then Kim Kelly immediately wants to start shit. Just right off the bat. Just walks over and is like, "Uh, I think he was trying to break into your locker. And I was like, Jesus, already this is starting with her. Yeah, she's she just likes to incite things, and she's just really an obnoxious person. She's an instigator. I, I have a note here that uh, Kim Kelly's friends are just as obnoxious as she is. No <laughs> surprise there. Mm. So, you three newbies. Is this the scene where she, like, pulls his shirt up to look at his armpit? Yeah, that, that was Karen. Yeah, Karen. Not yeah, Kim. I know. Yeah. But yeah. it was incited by... What? The whole thing was incited was by in Kim. Background? Yeah, Kim was Kim was she instigated it. She was yeah, just I like know. she was just kind of like pushing pushing her buttons like. Yeah. But yeah, then Karen took it like all the way. She's like a I've you know, I've honestly never met a girl that was like such a bully like that before. At yeah, least I not not to, at least not the boys. I've seen girls bully other girls, but I've never seen a girl just like bully a, a guy like that. I've never seen that in my life. She was really ultra mean. Yeah, she was super on edge. I just felt bad. <laughs> he didn't even have hair in his pits, and I, it just had to be extremely humiliating. Honestly, I I have no idea if I had hair in my pits when I was fourteen. This is not something I keep track of. But do all do most boys have hair in their pits at fourteen? I'm, I'm asking five girls right now. <laughs> well, 
Bill and Neil seem None of which surprised. At 14. <laughs> yeah, well, Bill, Bill and Neil seem surprised, but they they could also be kind of like covering up for. Oh, yeah, like oh. Mm-mm. Well, um, no, that's a spoiler. We they... find out about hair later. <laughs> well, you know, boys all hit puberty at different times, and it takes a long time. It's an extended period over time, and guys get hair at all different times. I mean. You know, some guys are just naturally not very hairy. And, and Sam really looks prepubescent. I think he's just he, he a late does. bloomer. He does look that way. It's yeah. true. And guys all lose their hair at different times also. Because I have a ton of hair on my face right now, but the hair on top of my head, it's evaporating. Oh, and gray hair too. My oh, brother yeah. just turned 28 and he has, his hair looks exactly like Mr. Sheffield's. <laughs> like black with the gray stripes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I knew guys when I was in my late twenties that uh, same thing. They were, they were turning gray. Uh, whereas my brother is, you know, over sixty and he hardly has any gray at all. Yeah. I mean, he's got like a little at his temples, and that's it. And he never drew grew hair on his face at all, except for mustache. So. See, I have naturally red hair on my face. Like my my hair on my head is dark brown, but the hair on my face is straight up red, like. Yeah. Ireland written all over it. And I can't, I honestly can't wait till it all just turns gray. So it's all just one color, at least. I'm, like, that's like, so I'm cool. a gray fox, yo, you know. You have a ginger beard. Yeah. I, I, I ginger guess. Ginger beards are the best. Yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't give that same, um, I don't, it doesn't have that same forcefulness to it. It just seems like it's kind of blending in with the color of my face. All right, we don't need to talk about my beard, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Are you mean, are we a little off topic already? We're what how many minutes into the recording and we're already totally off topic? I mean typically speaking with these recordings we get into freaks and geeks about thirty minutes in after we talk about Dexter and uh you know, breaking bad and apparently facial hair now. Both of which are over. Hey, the odds so are against high. you. You have two people from Observer Cast and we're never on topic. Never. It's what we pride ourselves on. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't actually care about TV. You know, we just like talking <laughs> to each other. Um. So yeah. So uh. So Rashida Jones. What's her name? Karen. 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 Yeah. She writes geek on Sam's locker and th- thus starts Sam's storyline <laughs> of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um. So then, honestly, he. If you, I, I, I don't know what the actual time is, but. The Sam, the geek storyline is kind of, it's like barely even there this week. Like, <clears throat> most of it focuses on Lindsay and Kim. Like, I would say mm-hmm. at least 75% of the episode. Yeah. yeah. I don't mm-hmm. even have a lot written down about about the geeks. Plus, I think it's... the same thing kept ha- happening to Sam, like, over and over again. Like, he just get, kept getting stuff written on his locker. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's just, there's internal fighting and yeah, chemistry he's... set. That's about it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, yeah, you know what? Uh, sorry, go ahead, Carol. No, that's okay. He's just very upset about this, you know, being called a geek. And I, I would guess that he's more con- more upset about the whole prepubescent sort of deal and all of that. But he's mm-hmm. he's um, focusing on the, the whole geek thing. I agree. I You know what? I, I know I was talking a big deal about staying chronological, but there's so much. There's such a small amount of this stuff. Why don't we just talk about Sam right now? And, oh, yeah, that's fine. <clears throat> 
I think that this is uh, this episode is kind of um, an embodiment of what we've seen throughout the first four episodes in general for Sam. It's that he's growing up and he's going from being a kid to being a teenager, you know, and having a social life as opposed to having just, you know, his kind of kid like like just the you know the whole science uh, experiments or whatever they were doing in the Tonka trucks, um, and like I said, I think this episode is just an embodiment of that as a whole. We see Sam in the beginning of the episode get made fun of, and because he's made fun of, it's just another reason for him to want to move on and start becoming more of a somebody that people can't make fun of anymore. You know, he wants to be more of an adult. Yeah. It- I one of the things that I'm it's sad to see happen with Sam because he in many ways he's been the one with the really good judgment and self-possessed and stuff and mm-hmm. this episode they really they get into his head and and get him on the same kind of track that Lindsay is on with you know which is letting other people control who you are mm-hmm. and uh it, you know it was really it was sad to to see him go that way and you know the throwing out the trucks and stuff now this is very interesting to me what you just said and mm-hmm. i'm wondering aisha and katrin if you guys felt that same thing where you uh kind of felt bad for sam yeah well, yeah interesting i i i was always the opposite i always felt like uh sam in this episode took a step forward and I understand what you're saying, Carol, where, like, other people are kind of influencing his decisions. But at the same time, I remember getting into high school and, and I, you know, I had all my middle school friends and we had our middle school activities that we did. But once we got to high school, it was, it's a totally different life. It's a totally different world. You have to adjust. And the way that I looked at it was, was it was a step for Sam to take. It was just like at the in, at the end of the other episode when he was reading. Um, what was it called? Crime and Punishment. Is that the name? Mm-hmm. Of it? Yeah. yeah. Like he didn't want to read it the whole episode, but then he did at the end because <clears throat> that was the grown up thing to do. That's what he needed to do. And in this episode, I kind of feel like he needed to get rid of those trucks. I, I think he needed to, like he said, he, he needed to focus on writing that paper for Mister Kalchevsky. You know, because it was the responsible thing to do. It was it was what he had to do. But why can't he have his trucks too? <laughs> right. I think I think that's symbolic. You know, you know? exactly. Yeah. That's what. That's I agree that it is symbolic, and that you know it's you know you could say oh well he's putting away a piece of his childhood and so forth, but he's throwing out a piece of his childhood. And yeah. and the fact is that one of the things I know when my son was growing up, there were times when I was like he'd be like no that's too babyish and it's like no you don't realize that it's not too babyish i mean you know it's okay to play with whatever you know it's not adults end up going back and pulling those toys out you know for different reasons whatever it might be well it's very true when you're not everyone has a meal in their life (laughs) also true (laughs) but i think the thing is that you have i think that once you become an adult you kind of long for the years of childhood and nostalgia ends up meaning a lot to you. But when you're at an age where nostalgia barely even exists because you've only been alive for X amount of years, um, I don't really look at it as like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider that to be like him throwing away his childhood or, or like ignoring his childhood. I, I just, I mean, you could absolutely be right. This is definitely like a, um, subjective, you know, but 
I think that what matters to a lot of people that are his age is the perception of what other people think about him. And I'm not saying that that's a good thing. You shouldn't care so much about what other people think. But when you're just entering high school, if, uh, if you can't feel like you're growing up, if you can't feel like you fit in, then nobody else is going to accept you either. So I, I think that, that him getting rid of those trucks made him actually feel better about who he was. Yeah, I can I can relate. I remember having feelings like that, being like, "I'm done with this stuff." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, but he didn't look like it was making him feel better, and it didn't look like he was really done with it. It looked like he was very sadly throwing the stuff out because that was what was societally appropriate. Yeah, and that yeah. that was yeah. what his friends I mean... were. That was the ammunition his friends had for. Um, for denigrating him. Right. And that's not a good reason, you I, know? I agree with that. What were yeah. you going to say, Katrin? Uh I just, I mean, he seemed upset when he was getting rid of them. It didn't seem like he was doing this because he knew it was time, and, you know, it was his turn to take a step forward. It seemed like he did it because he got made fun of for them. Yeah, and he, just, I... he did not seem oh, that's to the, be Yeah, he would happy. not have done it unless people gave him crap for it earlier. Uh, you I was never a 14-year-old boy, but I think he was just totally shamed. And, I mean, I was never a 14-year-old boy, but the thought, <laughs> putting myself in that position, not having gone through puberty yet, and have an older girl in the hallways of school yeah. lift my shirt up, call me out on my <laughs> armpit hair, would be the most humiliating thing. Oh, yeah. Like, honestly. And so I think, and then his friends were even kind of like, you know, doing it to him too not certainly not as much but yeah, just teasing him a little bit i can also give you the writer's motivation for this scene okay um it was written by mike white who plays uh kim kelly's brother the one with like brain damage mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like an actor he's been in a bunch of stuff and he wrote like school of rock he wrote three episodes of freaks and geeks he's written a lot of stuff orange county the good girl um, and he's a producer. He's been in a lot of things too. I don't know if you recognized him, but anyway, yeah. he um, he did the same thing, and except he buried his Tonka trunks in his backyard, but he took a shovel to them first. Oh, wow! So that's so, aggressive. That, yeah, that was his motivation. Is he actually did that? And I don't All right, remember well, quite why. As somebody that was a fourteen-year-old boy, half of mm-hmm. a life ago, um. I remember specifically when I got into – I was obsessed with wrestling from the time I was five years old, professional wrestling, from the time I was five years old until the time I was 14 years old. It's my favorite thing in the world. And I met a girl when I was a freshman in high school, and there was nothing – like it wasn't like – it wasn't like she was like, oh, I'm not going to ever talk to you because you like wrestling. But I knew at that point that if I wanted to uh, change – a little bit like if I wanted to be able to start dating girls and start having conversations about things that other people would be interested as opposed to just things that I'm interested in or my friends who were you know also big wrestling fans are interested in I I actually I didn't want to stop watching wrestling but I stopped myself and it sounds weird but and and it seems like a really small thing but it was huge it was a huge change in my life i i no longer wanted to talk to everybody about wrestling so i talked to them about different things you know things that maybe they cared about and i wasn't only relating to other people that watched wrestling i was talking to everybody you know and it 
made me feel like I had had taken a step in the right direction and that I was more that I was more socially appropriate, you know? So I, I kind of, I, I get what he was doing there. Like it just, it, 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 it related to me really well. Like I, I would have never started dating if I was still watching wrestling when I was a freshman in high school. I never would have gotten over who I was before I was a freshman in high school if I had never stopped that. So I really, I kind of, I feel where he was coming from there. Fair enough. But, you know, that's, that's me specifically and apparently him. But also, Rich, did you make that decision on your own or were you like, did somebody say to you, oh, you watch wrestling, you know, and, and give you a hard time for watching wrestling and basically say, oh, only little kids watch wrestling, which by the way is not true. Well, um, <laughs> at the risk of depressing everybody, <laughs> at the end of eighth grade, all of my friends abandoned me and I went into freshman year having no friends. So that my reasoning for doing that was because I didn't want to have to hold on to something like wrestling strongly. I wanted to be able to move on, you know, because all my old friends, they watched wrestling. And when they decided that they don't want to be friends with me anymore. Uh, I, so they did influence my decision, but it wasn't like they were like, oh, you it was something that you came to yourself. Yeah, I did. But without them bailing on me, um, mm-hmm. I never would have stopped, you know? Yeah. So anyway, um, <clears throat> what were we just talking about? <laughs> we were talking about him getting rid of his Tonka trucks and, and, Oh, right, right, and, right. And some of us feeling that that was sad and stuff. And some of us feeling not so much. Yeah. So we have, so we have Neil kind of combating like, uh, him and Neil get in like a fight about mm-hmm. who's the bigger geek. And, that's just them deflecting, you know, mm-hmm. obviously. But I was just wondering, who do you think is the bigger geek? Because <laughs> when Bill picked Sam, I was like, there's no freaking way that Sam is a yeah, bigger no, geek. Yeah, no, Neil is a bigger geek. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Sam because Neil was, like, forcing him. Yeah, I mean, he's there. They seem tighter than than Sam is with, with um, I don't know what. Tall kids. You think it. Bill and Neil are tighter than than Sam is with either of them? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think Bill is the biggest geek. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bill is the biggest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In terms of physicality, too. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> he's the largest geek. Mm-hmm. So they were probably just like, "Let's go to an authority of being a geek." <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's the judge. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. But I, I mean, there's not really much else to say. Like I said, that there, it's pretty. Sam's time in the episode is pretty short-lived. But I did think it was interesting that he finally really called out Lindsay and was like, like basically told her that she was being a bitch. Oh yeah, I mean, good for him because I mean, I've been losing respect for Lindsay a lot. I I haven't had a lot of respect for Lindsay except now and then. Anyway. But it's just like, I was glad that she finally, when she picked up her tray and moved to the other table, it was like, thank you, finally. Yeah, I loved mm-hmm. that also. Oh, God, what have you been waiting for? Well, she was probably waiting for, you know, Daniel to be like, I am in love with you, Lindsay. Yeah. 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 But yeah, she finally had enough. And you know what? You know what else I love about that scene? That 
she's had enough because Kim Kim says something really mean to her. I think she says like, "Oh, you need to get a life or something like that." Something called her a loser. Said she needs to get a life, and then Lindsay leaves. And as soon as Lindsay leaves, Kim looks at at Daniel and is like, "What's wrong with her?" Like yeah. as if she had no idea that she had just offended her greatly. And I yeah. think that spoke volumes about who Kim was before we even got into the rest of the episode, before we find out about yeah. her family and her home life and all that. We see right mm-hmm. there that she's almost unaware of how terrible she is. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that too. Pudding, so. What, Aisha? Well, she also took her pudding. Yeah. <laughs> Did she? I missed that. <laughs> yeah, she put her fingers in it. Oh, that's nasty. Oh, yeah, she did that first, yeah. Was that Lindsay's pudding? Yeah, it was yeah. Lindsay's pudding. Oh, I didn't notice. Yeah, I think Lindsay left pudding with her and took the rest of her stuff. Yeah, she her. did seem genuinely surprised, but she did also seem to be genuinely slanting Lindsay. Like, people are so gossipy at this school. Like, she's not including mm-hmm. Lindsay in their circle at all because she was being gossipy. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. but... No, she's, well, she's accusing someone else of doing exactly what she's doing. It's, right, it's... and it made Lindsay seem like a total outsider. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. The way she did Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So, did you guys, the the newbies, Aisha, uh, Carol, and Katrin, quickly, just wondering, did this episode, in general, as a whole, make you dislike Kim Kelly any less? No. Katrin says no. <laughs> Yeah, it didn't make me dislike her any less. I think it made me it didn't it made me tolerate her a little more. Mm-hmm. But not not because oh poor dear, look at, you know, she's got now I see what her problem no, not because of that. More just because okay, I get I get her attitude and stuff and and I've dealt with people like her where if you, you just have to ignore mm-hmm. everything they're saying, and pretty much. <laughs> what about you, Aisha? I've never um, hated Kim because I love Fizzy Phillips too much. But I think in the previous episodes, Kim has been like pretty much one dim- dimensional. So in this episode, like it's the, like the only one that shows actual other facets to her character mm-hmm. to make her like a little bit more. Um, likable or explain why she's so difficult but yeah i don't dislike her any uh, less and more (laughs) (laughs) i think i like her a little bit more now yes you appreciate that she's more fleshed out now yeah yeah um i i agree with that i mean she was still pretty awful throughout most of the episode i mean Mm -hmm. there's two dinners they go to two dinners kim and and uh What's her face? Lindsay. Lindsay. And they're both just so terribly awkward. This is yeah. this is back to the pilot awkward. <laughs> just like the awkwardness of everything. But all right, let's get back on track. So so Lindsay's in the hallway with Daniel and she hears Kim Kelly talking to her mom over the phone. And this is when we get the, our first interaction with Kim and her mom. And she's just screaming in the middle of school, like as if nobody's there, just like, I you you're the worst you need to get help which by the way i've said you need help to my mom a bajillion <laughs> times <laughs> I, was, I was just like oh my god was i so dramatic oh, sorry my phone's making noises stop it phone <laughs> go away i don't need you right now um 
So yeah, uh, did you guys expect that her family life was going to be so crazy? Yes. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how it was going to be crazy, but I knew it wouldn't be, especially after the phone call. I mean, the phone call pretty well set it up without a problem. Yeah. And was it I last thought... episode that um, she says something and Daniel goes, everybody hates your mother? Yeah. I think uh, that was in last that, episode. That. I think that was a little uh, nugget mm. for a little us for this episode. Yes. Yeah. I had forgotten about that. Yeah, well, I think I think it's really interesting how Lindsay is reacting to this whole situation also because she's weirded out that, that Kim is being nice to her. Like, after she gets off the phone and she walks up and she's like, we want to hang out after school, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Lindsay's kind of, like, freaked out but also really overjoyed about this, too. Like, she's obviously very happy about the fact that Kim wants to hang out with her. And I was just like, Why? Like, why is she so happy that Kim wants to hang out with her? Like, she's already hanging out with this crew of people. Um, she wants to feel accepted. Yeah, and I also think By that... By Kim? Well, here's the thing. I think that when mm. you're within a majority of a guy friend group, mm-hmm. as a girl, you it's nice to have at least one friend that's a girl within that group. Mm. So yeah. you can have someone to talk to. Okay, so this is something that I've never considered before. Yeah, no, I completely understood where she wanted this from. She's new to this friend group, and probably she feels like, oh, I might be... Kim also might just feel like Lindsay's stepping in on the territory because she was the one girl in the group before Lindsay. Yeah, so it's just like, yeah, I could definitely see that also. See, but the thing is, the only reason I brought this up was because right after the scene where Kim and, and Lindsay talk about hanging out, we get... Uh, a scene where Sam is like, "Why are you hanging out with her?" When he when she's waiting outside for for what's it called for for Kim to pick her up, and then later on, or I think just like maybe one scene after that, um, her parents are asking her why she would hang out with her, and it, it was like the the show is actually asking us like or like telling us like we we understand that she should not want to hang out with this girl because this girl is just mean to everybody. But she wants to do it anyway. Some, somebody bowling over there? No, my glasses <laughs> fell. And then it like ran against like the heater on the wall. <laughs> and it was really loud. <laughs> I was going to mute, but then I forgot. No, that's okay. We <laughs> love when glasses fall on heaters. <laughs> Um, it sounds made up, but it's not. <laughs> I'm trying to picture it in my head, and I'm just like, I re- I podcast on my bed, so it it was a whole deal ordeal. It's fine. I want to podcast fine. on my bed. That is genius. I podcast on my bed. Oh my god, it's the best. I podcast on my bed. Oh my god, I'm the worst. I'm just staring at my bed right now. It's... We don't yeah. have iPads, so we can't do it. My yes. husband's in my bed. I've sequestered to the living room. Yeah. I'm on a laptop. I'm not on an iPad. Yeah, no, I'm on my bed. I'm on my laptop on my bed. It's great. Yeah. Now, getting back to Lindsay and Kim, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't think she was overly happy at first. I I may have been projecting because whenever somebody who has been mean is suddenly nice, 
I am super duper suspicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't imagine that Lindsay was stupid enough not to be super duper suspicious. So through that yeah. first part, I didn't get the feeling that she was overjoyed at all up until they were under the bleachers and and Kim kind of convinced her. Yeah, I was considering that, that part also because it was the the thing that made me really think that she was very happy about it was after Kim says like 530 or whatever, Lindsay kind of sits there and she yeah. smiles and she's like, OK, so I'll see you at 530, like reassuring the fact that she's actually going to be there. Which is like that thing that, like, you know, like a guy's getting on a girl that he likes and he's just totally flustered. He doesn't really know what to say, so he just kind of repeats what she says. You yeah. Know? yeah. That's what it felt like to me. So I was like, she, like, she's really, really wants to be her friend at that point. Well, I thought she was just feeling very awkward at that yeah. point. Yeah. That could be. I thought she was feeling very awkward. I didn't think she necessarily, I mean,. She walked away smiling, though, too. Right, you did. If you watch it again, you should look at her face. She really does seem genuinely happy. Yeah, I mean, I got the feeling, for me, when I was watching it, it was like, okay, Lindsay decided to buy in mm-hmm. to the thing. She she decided, I almost saw her put aside her doubts and say, you know what? I'm not going to be suspicious. I'm going to believe what she's saying. This could be a really good thing. I'm going to be happy about it. Right. And kind of went with it. Yeah. Well, I could see that. I would definitely have my guards up, like, hardcore if I were Lindsay in that situation. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then when, when – because when Kim takes her back to her house, like, she doesn't even she, – she doesn't lie for very long to Lindsay about why she's there. Because before they even go in the house, she's like, you know, my mom is always on my case about not having any good friends or whatever. So she she tells Lindsay what's going on. Um and tells her basically that she's using her, and then tells her that she has to lie about the house in Benton Harbor, which Lindsay is obviously just has no experience in lying at all, because <laughs> Benton Harbor Street, like just say First Street, you know, like I my house was on First Street or on the Boulevard, you know, there's one of those in every town. <laughs> Main but, Street. Yeah. So so yeah, Main Street exactly. But so anyway, so they go in, so they go into the house and we have our first terribly awkward dinner of the episode and we meet Kim Kelly's family. Oh god. So yeah. so who was there? We got we had her mom, I think her stepdad. I I, I don't think they said exactly what his relation she was did, to her. She did call him her stepdad later on in the episode. Okay. Yeah. When she was talking yeah. to somebody else, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So her mom, her stepdad and her brother that's like, you know, doing whatever he's doing on that couch sleeping sleeping yeah then he wakes up later yeah so what'd you guys think of this scene (laughs) uh which part part of the scene the first part or after when the lie's been exposed well (laughs) before the lie has been exposed it's pretty tame you just got but yeah after i meant specifically after it starts blowing up like what you but you can peg her mom in like the first sentence she says when she's outside you're like oh man oh yeah Yeah, when she says uh when she's like oh well then i didn't make your dinner or whatever did you bring soda i I forgot to make your dinner how do you like that who's who's in the right in this situation i'm just asking you guys we got mothers and daughters here and i'm neither so i'm just wondering who's in the right yeah between between kim and her mom like who is being the bitch 
I mean, they both seem to be being a bitch, <laughs> they're, honestly. They're ter- all terrible people. It's, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's yeah. a terrible family. They're a terrible group of people. And so I would put it on the mom because she's older and she should... Yeah, uh... yeah the, her mom is the one who created the environment. So, yes. you know, she bears more of the blame mm-hmm. for the situation. Um, but, yeah, it's horrible. Just... My son literally just turned to me when the mother said... Well, then I forgot to make dinner. He looks at me and says, well, we know some of those. <laughs> I'm like, yes, we do. <laughs> what about the stepdad? What did you think of him? The guy who's been on everything ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, when he started climbing on the car and stuff, I, I think he was a little over the top. Yeah. At that point, I was terrified for Lindsay. Could yeah, you imagine being in that situation? First of all, could you imagine be putting, being put in the situation where your friend is throwing you the keys to her car, which her parents are <laughs> trying to take away from her, and you have to make the conscious decision of whether or not you're going to go along with this plan, which is an <laughs> awful plan. Just, just Here, Lindsay, take the keys. Run to the car and lock yourself in it. Like Honestly, at that point, I think you're just like, well, I I just want to get out of this building. This yeah. seems like the best yeah. opportunity to get yeah. out of this building. Yeah, I don't think there was ever a choice there. It's like once the violence started and people started, you know, running around and climbing on top of each other and stuff. <laughs> it's like, yeah, give me the keys and let me out of here. I, you know, <laughs> let me lock myself in somewhere. I don't care where. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't know if you guys know this, but um, this episode did not air. The executives wouldn't let it air. They said it was too scary. Yeah, it aired oh. a year later on Fox Family, but this was never shown for the whole run nope. of the series. It was, oh. it was too scary for regular TV, but Fox they said, Family, not <laughs> scary enough for that. Well, yeah, they said it was too scary, and I they believe it was this fight, although I can pinpoint a few different... I would say... I can, I can point to three different scenes that could have made them not show it, and this is the one that they kind of blame it on, that it was too scary. This fight with the parents was too scary. Well, they also picked a guy as the stepfather who's like 6'5 or something. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that guy is huge, and uh, you know, it's that doesn't exactly help any, but I think they made a mistake on that. Um, it, it is, it was scary, but come on, it's it is the way things are. It's life. A lot of places, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but I I definitely have known families that are like that. That are sure. I don't. Like I'm not sure it was over the top. I think that mm-hmm. no, it played a really out of people's everyday life. Yeah, yeah a little too so on the 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 way that he was shaking the car at the end, where he was like pushing down on the hood, and the mm-hmm. car was kind of bouncing up and down. Creepy. I'm pretty sure I've seen that exact same thing happen before. And well, <laughs> that's terrifying. I don't know. He he's, he would scare the crap out of me. Like, if I were Lindsay, <laughs> like, I would never, ever go back to that house just for... I mean, she can't go back to that house at this point. No, like, she can't. Not without having to to talk to them about whatever happened. Although, really, they're probably used to this kind of drama in their house all the time. So I don't know if they oh, would sure. hold it against well, her. Well, this is an average Tuesday night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Right. So so they get out of there, and then Kim breaks down, and we see Kim crying in her car um, and talking about how she wants to go see Daniel, so they go to find Daniel. Well, okay. does anybody want to say anything about Kim breaking down before I move on? I just 
I forget how I forgot how much I love this episode mm-hmm. and how I love how real but like I know and have been in that type of piss situation where you're just screaming irrationally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And like yeah. she just Busy Phillips played that so real. I'm just yeah, saying. you don't often see that kind of realism. It really it was a ugly scene out of life that Mhm. Yeah. People, I, you know, you've yeah, been there. Absolutely. And the yeah. way that she's uh when she starts talking about Daniel and how sweet of a guy he is and stuff. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I was just making nasty cracks all the way through that. I knew you who would be. She says he's such a babe, and who did she say? He's, oh, Rod Stewart. He's better looking than Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart, yeah. That was awesome. Carol, I couldn't watch that scene without... Uh, the whole, the whole that, like, five-minute stretch where she breaks down, and then she sees... And then Daniel is uh, getting his... His, his finger sucked. sucked. <laughs> now that's the second scene I'm thinking might have been uh, the an finger sucking decision. Yeah, I mean it was very provocative, it but provocative. it's still just a girl, you know, sucking on his finger. So, like, <laughs> oh, is uh, that all it is? I don't, I don't know that it's really. I don't know. Whatever, <laughs> you know. Obviously, you can see through the weirdest it. foreplay I've ever seen ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on network television. I could see the NBC execs getting their panties in a bunch over that well i was going to i just like didn't have enough time. i was going to listen to i have the full dvd set because i got a great deal on amazon dropbox mm. a gold box and um they have the executives do a commentary on this episode yeah which i fell asleep during twice today trying <laughs> to watch it so oh, okay you gotta tell us what they talked about oh i didn't get to watch it i didn't oh. have time. yeah I, sorry guys Oh yeah, well, it happens. Normally, I really like commentaries, but this one—it's just when you don't have people that are entertaining in general, right? Mm-hmm. Huh. Um. So and then Kim, you know, tries to run them all over, <laughs> and then drives away, <laughs> and then drives to Lindsay's house. Which now I don't do that in my car. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, I was—I was just wondering, like, do you think that she told Lindsay that? She was driving to Lindsay's house before they actually went to Lindsay's house? Or do you think that she just, like, was like, I have nowhere else to go, and she just made the decision in her head, I'm going to go hang out at Lindsay's house? Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Like, I feel like she didn't even tell Lindsay that that's where they were going. Yeah. Even if she she did, though, it would make sense to Lindsay that, okay, she's going to drop me off now, and I'm going to go home. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but oh. she. There, we didn't see that. We didn't see the "Are you coming in?" conversation either. No, we didn't. We didn't. She just ended up inside. Yeah, I think that Lindsay. I feel like it was just an implied thing of Lindsay was like, you know, you can come over, whatever. Like you yeah. obviously need someone to talk to. I think it's more with the whole having a girlfriend type mm-hmm. of thing. You know, like I you- love that you're bringing this up because I I never would have even thought about. Just like I don't know, like this. I don't know, if call it, like the sisterly bond <laughs> that well, is going on. Well, that's why it's my favorite friendship on this show. Those two, really? Wow. Uh, uh, well, there's other ones, but like the one I connect to the most, like because I have a couple of friends that, like you know, I have a similar friendship of you know, if like I'm you so just aren't what <laughs> nothing making <laughs> no, not like that, but just like. When shit happens, you 
that's the person you go to. And I think that they're forming that type of friendship. And like when you're the one of two girls in a friend group, you're going to lean on each other a lot. Yeah. Well, I do think that once the whole thing with Daniel happened, um, Lindsay felt that much, you know, really felt like Kim needed her support a lot. I mean, yes, the family thing was horrifying, but the Daniel thing, I think she can really relate to, um, of, you know, a guy being a jerk and stuff. Yeah, I think a, a big part of this also, just going off what you were saying, Kelly, is uh, that Daniel and Kim are dating, and Nick is obviously interested in Lindsay. So it's not even like there's just a regular friendship between, like, five people. Oh, by the way, Seth Rogen wasn't in this episode, I just realized. Yeah, I just remembered. I was going to bring yeah. that up. Um, but, yeah, be- between the group, you know, it's not like there's just, like, a regular five-person friendship. It's... There's like there's a relationship and a potentially blossoming relationship, so it's more important even that they would be friends in case something would happen between one of the relationships, you know, so that they have somebody to go to. So yeah, I can definitely see that now that you guys are now that you're bringing that up. Um, so she walks in and I didn't think that there could be more awkward dinner than the first one, but this one trumped it by about three times I would say. Uh-huh. This was just she just Kim just sits down, doesn't stop crying at any point, and insults everybody without noticing that she's insulting everybody. Does whatever she wants. She Lindsay's like, Look, "We're gonna go up to my room," and she's like, "No, I'm gonna eat your food." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, I, I just think it's it was just so utterly uncomfortable to watch her try to interact with a, a family like Lindsay's. <laughs> she asks Lindsay's dad why <laughs> all men are only interested in sex. <laughs> yeah, and then Sam just looks up like, what did she just say? <laughs> yeah. That was definitely more hilarious than the other one. Yeah, because hey, this if you didn't like the weird parents before this episode, I mean, they made me laugh. This episode, the yeah. whole when when Kim finally like breaks down and just starts all out bawling at the table, and, and Mr. Weir just looks around for a second and then taps her and is like, "There, there." there. I just <laughs> I just started cracking up. Like, yeah, I think delivery. I think we get the first real great glimpse into Mr. Weir's humanity and being a good dad. Oh, uh, he, he! I think we got it in Trigger Tricks and Treats too, but he seemed like a really good dad then. I love the Weir parents so much. Yeah, me too. Becky Ann Baker always steals the show. And no matter what show she is, like, like whenever she's in an episode of Girls, you're just like, oh, this is the best part of the episode. <laughs> yeah, the mom, I, it w- she did such a great job in those scenes because there's such a mother dilemma mm-hmm. that she's in. Yeah. And- yeah. And she really played it well, uh, going from the um, talking on the phone with the mother mm-hmm. and adding that to what she'd already seen of Kim and, and being concerned for her daughter as far as, oh, I don't think this is a good relationship for you. But then not being able to reject a kid who obviously needs help so desperately. Uh-huh. So... Yeah, what do you do about that? And it's a it's it's a very common dilemma for anybody who actually cares about people. Mm-hmm. 
I think uh, <clears throat> I think we really get to see. Yeah, like you were just saying, there's a really good. There's a line that both of the parents have to to tread, and they have to make sure that they don't cross over because they can't be too lenient and let them just do whatever they want. But at the same time, if they overreact or react terribly angrily, then she they're gonna push them in the wrong direction. Also, I love the fact that, like you said, when she was on the phone with uh, with uh, Kim Kelly's mom, she gets off the phone and she's obviously really mad at Lindsay for what happened. But Lindsay just just takes a couple sentences to explain, and then Kim has to walk over and thank her for the meal. And she kind of changes her whole tune. She's like, well, now I feel bad for her instead of just being mad at what happened beforehand. And I think you see that again at the end of the episode, like the very end of the episode, when Kim uh, and Daniel leave together and Lindsay walks upstairs, and they don't yell at Lindsay. They don't get mad at Lindsay. They're just like... This might be a problem. You know, they're considering it and they're concerned, but they're not overreacting. Which... My son just went crazy over that line about the the uh, father's line and then mother's line afterwards. And the, just the fact that it was so matter of fact mm-hmm. and like not not histrionic or anything like that. It was just like, oh, boy. OK, we got to figure this out. Yeah, like they're worried and they want to come up with like, you know, a strategy to deal with it. They don't want to mm-hmm. just blow up on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that to me is good parenting. I mean, I, I if I'm in their situation, I'm probably freaking out the whole time. Like, get these freaking people out of my house. Are you crazy? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I I think if you're a first time viewer of the show, this is the first episode where because I remember who was it that said that they didn't like Mr. Weir? Bob, I think. Yeah, Bob. Yeah, one of our one of our mm-hmm. listeners, Bob, said right. that he didn't like Mr. Weir in the beginning. I I understood that for for where it was. I I think after this episode, it's hard not to appreciate the parents for for trying to be good mm-hmm. parents. Oh yeah, I mean I think they've always tried to be good parents. I think we're getting a lot more depth to them now. We got more depth to their mother beforehand. Now we're getting a little more depth to their father. Yeah. Um. So then Nick and Daniel show up at the house and, you know, all hell happens. <laughs> and, uh, oh, wait, before before I even talk about the Daniel Kim situation, how awkward was that random massage that Nick gave to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. She was like, <laughs> she's like, I got stuff I got to do. And he's just like, wait, let me touch you for a minute. <laughs> yeah, I think Nick was supposed to be super stoned. Oh my! Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Especially yeah. with the oh, there's rolls. there's no doubt about it. Don't take my quote, yes. please. I will. Yeah. Not, like, throughout the whole episode, he's been giving her these little touches. Like when he was trying, when he was talking to her and trying to get her attention, he was like touching her hip or her shoulder. Mm-hmm. Oh, you noticing it? Future yeah. serial killer Nick. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's just what we do. That's what boys do. That's yeah, how we that's... show affection. Yeah. <laughs> he just—he does not pick the right moments. Yeah, that's no. that's probably his biggest problem. Yeah, he he. Well, be, when you're stoned all the time, it's hard to get a real good uh, idea of what's going. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he was definitely stoned. Um, but yeah. So okay. So so Daniel shows up. 
And he comes in the back door and, and scares the living shit out of Mrs. Weir. <laughs> this random guy pops into our kitchen. And then and then Mr. Weir comes in. I don't remember exactly what Daniel said, but he, he called him something. Papa Weir? Pa- yeah, Pops. He just calls him Pops. Pops. He, he says Pops. Yeah. And I was just like, what? Who does this guy think he is? Um, but oh, we lost Carol. Carol, come back to us. Carol, <laughs> come back. All right. Well, we'll, 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 she'll be back. Um, anyway, yeah. So Daniel comes in, and this this brawl ensues in the kitchen between him and uh, Kim, where Kim is literally just slapping him in the face over and over and over again. <laughs> and you know what? Hold on a second, because I need to talk to Carol about about the end of this scene. Uh, where is she? Come on, Carol. Come back. Come back to us. <laughs> come back. I, I'm going to let me write this down so I could cut it out later. Because <laughs> I, I really want to talk to Carol about this because she hates Daniel so much. Um, or she doesn't hate Daniel, but she thinks he's a pig. And the way that this actually goes down, like Kim's acceptance of what Daniel did, must have pissed her off so very much. Because, it pissed me off. Yeah, I mean, it pissed me off too. I was like, you know what? She's right. He's a fucking dog. <laughs> he is, but it all. I just want to bring up this one point. It's scenes like these that remind us why we originally liked James Franco. What do you mean by that? Well, I I have a love hate relationship with James Franco as it as the as a person, but then I just remember he is a talented actor. And just like he played that whole scene with Kim so well, uh, yeah, I agree. He is. He's. I think he's a really good actor too. And um, I think the fact that we get a really good feeling of of what he is and who he is and how he does things based off the fact that he has virtually no lines in that scene. You know, Busy Phillips is doing all of the work. She's hitting him and she's yelling at him and she's emoting and he is. Just relying entirely on his charm or whatever you want to call it, quote-unquote charm, where he's just taking what she's dishing out, and as he's taking it, all he has to do is inch closer to her. Just walk a little bit closer to her and just say the cheesiest, most generic lines ever, like, it's only you. I only care about you. Oh, yeah, I think he knows exactly, exactly how to handle her, and he's handling her. I think she's got to... There's got to be physical abuse in her past. That would make sense. I'm not so sure about his, um, but I just think he knows... I think he knows that, and he has been there before, and this is how you handle Kim, and this is how she... She needs to get this out of her system, and then she's going to be okay. And I think you're absolutely right about that and where he comes from in that situation, but at the same time, I'm just thinking... Like, he's just being such a... Like, he shouldn't have to handle her. Like, as awful as she is, like, and she is clearly the worst. Um, the fact that he he definitely did something wrong. You know, like, even oh, if yeah. he didn't fuck... I'm, I'm, I know we're allowed to curse, but it just feels weird. Um, <laughs> even though he didn't sleep with Karen, as he says, um, the fact of the matter is she saw clear signs of them being intimate or whatever. You know, so like I think it's kind of ridiculous that he would have to play like she shouldn't have forgiven him. Like he didn't do anything to warrant forgiveness at that point. Oh, 
Oh, there she is. Hey, darling. Yay! We're, ta- we're, we're talking about um, what I think is where where I realize where you're really coming from when you say Daniel is a dog is the scene where Kim is, is yelling at him and slapping him in the face, and all he's doing is just kind of giving her cheesy one-liners and walking towards her and relying on his good looks to get her to forgive him without him having to explain anything or do anything to make her take him back. She just does it. I mean, he, he said flat out to Kim and she, um, early in the thing with the donuts when she said, oh, she broke up with whatever. Well, I'd like, if she's giving any out, I'd like to, whatever it was. Yeah. And right. he kind of slaps him or whatever. It's like, Plus, but she laughs too. Yeah, she laughs yeah, at that. Oh, yeah, she thinks she it's a laughs. joke in the beginning. She takes it as a joke, which yeah. I mean, really? Do you know this guy at all? Um, <laughs> and he was doing the same thing even with Millie. I mean, when with the donuts, he was he was like turning on the charm and just like you know, all oh, but I like drink and all this stuff. I mean, that's how he gets by. And uh, I haven't seen any indication that he won't take whatever he can get. Yeah, so, um, and then she, you know, she takes it back and they leave. <laughs> That's the end of the episode. <laughs> and uh, I got to tell you, this has been my favorite episode so far on this rewatch. It it was really good. It was really good. There, oh, by the way, there were just a couple notes I had that we didn't hit. Yeah, shoot. I love notes. One of them was um, back when uh, Lindsay and uh, Sam are having that discussion in the front yard. Mm-hmm. And she makes that nasty comment to him about well maybe you are a geek or something like that mm. you know it's just, just like I just wrote you know Lindsay really is turning into a real jerk um, I mean she's been on the verge of it a lot but you know she, she's <sighs> admittedly she pulls back on it once she realizes that I mean Sam can shame her into being a real person again mm-hmm. but uh, but it's like she really does want to fit in with Kim as well as the others yeah, she's trying that freak skin on and, yep. you know, really trying it on for size. But, I mean, it's not like the rest of them are so nasty. You know, they um, they generally treat each other pretty well other than Kim. Yeah, I think this is actually um, an issue within, within, within Lindsay because I think that she – okay, how am I going to word this? She puts them on a pedestal. She almost um, They're almost symbols to her, the freaks, uh, more so than actual people at, at this point at least. I, I mean she, she obviously wanted to be a part of this group without even really knowing these people, you know, in the beginning of the show when it first started. Um, so I think the fact that she acts like that, that she's like acting out towards Sam, that is part of the fact that it's because she's looking at them not as actual people. Because if she looked at them as actual people, aside from Kim – she wouldn't say stuff like that to Sam because that's not that's not the kind of people that they are. They're not jerks like that. Yeah, I can't yeah, see. Ken I can't see Daniel. Yeah, maybe Ken. Maybe Ken. Ken, <laughs> Ken is Ken, but you've got to look at Ken and just know that he's a dick. You know what I mean? Like the other freaks know that Ken can be a dick, and the other <laughs> freaks know that that Kim can be a bitch. You know, so and and I think. Where's him not? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think that she is Lindsay is more, mostly into Daniel, you know, yeah. and, and the idea of Daniel, who is not like that at all. So I think that she's kind of instead of being true to what their personalities are, she's taking the stereotype of what she thinks the freaks are, and she's honing that in to her own personality. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. And I think that's a problem. You know, that's where she's 
it's okay to hang out with new people. It's okay to enjoy different people's company and, and, and you mm-hmm. will get influenced with them by them. But uh, it's different to, to use just the stereotype, the cliche of what you think they are and adapt that into your persona. But she was waiting at the corner of her house for Kim specifically. Right. Yeah, and she's taking she's not taking a stereotype, she's taking Kim. Yeah. Well, you think she was just trying to be like Kim there? Yeah, because she was waiting for Kim. I think she was well, kind of like one. She was ready to be Kim's friend. She was excited. She got asked to dinner. I know, at but her she house. but she hates how how Kim is I, so much that. I don't think she's trying to be like anybody. I think she. I think it's one of those things like osmosis. You know, she because mm-hmm. um, that just came out of her mouth. Right. It wasn't like she thought about it and said, "Oh, well, I'll say something nasty to my brother." It was just <clears> very. <throat> it was. Very smooth. It just came right on out. Mm-hmm. Only would have made him proud. Just no, happened. Yeah, that's interesting. I took it the other way. I took yeah, it... I disagree a little bit. I think she okay. was waiting for Kim and trying to kind of getting in her headspace and yeah, and, and see now feeling and, cool. And I, think... I think she was feeling cool that she was waiting for Kim and just kind of. Yeah, that's funny. See, we, we're all we all seem to think about this in a different way because I, I I think that I'm closer to what Emily was saying, but I I don't think it's as as much about Kim as as it is about being a part of the crew in general. Okay. But yeah, no, that's 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 an interesting scene. I agree. And with the other, I, uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> what? Um, I was just gonna say. Well, if you want to mix and match a couple of things, she's really into Daniel mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. she's noticing is Daniel's mm-hmm. really into bitches. If mm-hmm. if you're just basing it off of his yeah. relationship with Kim, yeah, good very point. true. Not and, to mention his you know thing with Karen, but that comes later. Sorry. Um, but and also I would like I think that Lindsay is just I still think that she's probably still a little bit traumatized from what happened with her grandfather and the fact that she he she literally sat with him as he died all by herself. Was it grandfather? Yeah, no, it's grandmother. Oh, grandmother? Oh, okay, I thought I had it wrong. <laughs> yeah, grandmother. No, I haven't watched the pilot in a while, that's why. No, I feel you. I think that, you know, she still had, she's like probably just wanting to be a different person, and she sometimes just doesn't realize, oh, you're not really the problem here, I'm sorry, I'm mm. being an ass. Yes, yes, she seems to deflect all over the place. <clears throat> um... Yeah, do you have anything else, Carol? Um, <laughs> I loved Lindsay's mom's rubber gloves through the whole <laughs> last part of the the thing. I just made a little note on that. She had those yellow right. rubber gloves on for the entire last part when everybody was being nuts. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just thought it was really funny. Yeah, that was so great. Nick talking to about the basketball i bought a basketball in your store a few years ago and it still works <laughs> yeah the fruit roll-ups and um hearing that they're making up and just not suspecting but Lindsay knows exactly what's going on mom i don't think that's a good idea yeah and they open the kitchen just their faces so great <laughs> and Mr. Weirs especially, if you guys watch it again, just watch him. It's hilarious. Yeah, I gotta tell you, if you could watch these episodes and in every scene that Mr. Weir's in, you could just watch his face. Oh yeah, time. you gotta just have a Mr. Weir watch. <laughs> I I just had this vision on that of you know what exactly is their mother going to clean that counter with once they're gone? <laughs> Industrial size bleach. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, uh, okay, there's actually one more scene at the end of the episode where Kim Kelly writes uh, slut on Karen's locker. And, mm-hmm. and then kind of, sort of stands up for Sam. I don't know. Sam took it as her standing up for him, but I'm not sure that anything would have been different if he wasn't involved at all. Right. Well, yeah. he she runs into his bedroom to get away from right. Daniel, and they have a whole conversation where he has no idea that she's mad at Karen for another reason. He thinks that it's because, like, he thinks she's totally on her side, and he's like, whoa, wow. I, I was going to ask you guys that. I, I See, I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell if he actually thought that or if he – because that's kind of – that seems silly for him to it really – It does seem silly, but that's all he knows, and I really think he is just – that she's totally reacting. He thinks that she's just reacting to what he's saying. What do you what do you guys think? Do you think yes. that do you think that Sam was that Sam took that as her standing up for him? Um, yeah, kind of. I don't know about the end when it all goes down, but when she's in, in the his bedroom, in the room though, yeah, yeah, I understand. Well, do you I think? Know, I, got, I just got the feeling he was confused by it all, and it, he was just glad to hear that you know she was going to go after her, and I, I never really got the idea that he. Stop being confused. Mm-hmm. No, well, she gets really dark. She starts talking yeah. about like lighting her hair on fire, and he's <laughs> like, "Well, don't get too crazy." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, he's do you think shocked that she's going that far because she did that pygmy geek on his locker? Right. So, do you think that at the end of the episode, when Kim did talk to Karen, when she was like, "I'll meet you outside" or whatever she said, um. Do you think that Kim had any intention of helping Sam in that situation, or do you think that that was just a bonus? Bonus, yeah, bonus. bonus. But she did; she was kind of nice to him after. Yeah, yeah. The only thing is, the only thing that makes me think different is that he does thank her, and she is so unaware of what's going. Like she's so such a self-centered person um, that I'm not. I'm not sure that that if if he said thank you to her, I feel like she wouldn't wouldn't. understand why he was saying thank you to her. So she would want to know why he was saying that. So because she just accepted the thanks that he gave her, it gave me the impression that she kind of knew that she was helping him out. Well, Pygmy Geek was gone. Do you think she took it off? Uh, That was probably Mr. Kalchevsky. I'm pretty sure Pygmy Geek was still on there. No, no, it was gone. I don't think it was. I think it was just slut and spray paint. Yeah, I thought I saw something... On his locker. I mean, it's darker, but I thought I saw something on his locker. I was looking for it. I don't think it was there. I, I felt like with um with the whole did she mean to help him or whatever. Um, when he said thanks and all that, I just thought that she was feeling pretty good about what had just happened, and she was kind of flying high. And like, if somebody was going to thank her for something, it's like, yeah, I am the greatest. So yeah. I deserve all the thanks. From everybody in the world, and I am doing right, and I'm feeling very magnanimous right now. Oh yeah, it could totally be that. Don't get me wrong. It was just, it was just the fact that I, I think that because she's so unaware of her surroundings, usually, I, I thought that maybe she would second that she would question uh, why he was saying anything to her. You know. Well, what I'm saying is, she wrote on her locker. Would she have even thought of that? If she didn't know about the whole writing on Sam's locker. That's actually true. I didn't even think about that. The fact that her mm-hmm. revenge 
uh, is has spawned from what she originally did to Sam. She had to have thought about that. Right. And it's gone. I wonder if she took it off. It could have been Mr. Kaczewski, but we don't know. Hmm. Interesting. So I well, think that answers your question. I think she did. I the, I will give her that benefit. The writing on the locker, though, obviously that's something that Karen ha- does. Karen thinks of doing. Mm-hmm. You know, she does or yeah. has done, or you know, that didn't seem like a new thing for her. So well, it, it started it, because he was trying to get into her locker because he mistook it. So she's yeah, like, "Well, this also. is your locker, so you're gonna know which one's yours. I'm gonna write geek on it." Yeah, so right. maybe she hasn't actually done that before, and the only reason that she did in this situation was because it was relevant to what was going on. Mm, maybe. I don't know. I think it's interesting. I think it's an interesting. Like, I really wish I could get in Kim Kelly's head that, right there because I want to know if she had any intention yeah. of actually helping out Sam there. Because oh, that that would change my entire view on her. You know, if if she did that at all, even for a little bit for Sam, I would like her more. I would appreciate her more. I think what it might she might have done it for Sam in the way of she might have done it for uh, Lindsay and been like, you know what, I'm going to help him out. Because like. Uh, well, like even the um, even when she's like, did when Karen go, gets into Sam's face and is like, did you do this? And like, like Kim walked right in and was like, no, it was me. <laughs> it was like she was just waiting for her to to yeah. call Sam out. Yeah, yeah. and let's that let's look at it this way. way of protecting him and being like, you're my friend's little brother. I'm gonna take care of you. And they and they also earlier had Lindsay. They showed Lindsay asking Kim to be nicer to Sam. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. She, and she's like, oh, yeah, I keep forgetting he's your little brother. And so that kind of tells me that, oh, if she would have remembered it's her brother, she might be nicer to him. And then they had a whole scene together in Sam's room. So mm. I totally give Kim that benefit. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know if she'd ever go out of her way not to mm-hmm. make fun of him again. but I don't think she would have gone out of her way to help him either, unless it benefited her also. But yeah. I, think, I agree. I think it might have had a small, there might have been a small smidgen of help that she wanted to give to him. Yes, I believe that. <laughs> I think it was a happy bonus, but also a bonus nonetheless. Yeah, I, I don't give her that much credit. <laughs> well, fair, I, fair enough. I think I, I think we might be pushing it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I look at more like, you know how she used Lindsay as uh, she needed somebody who was respectable as a friend. Mm-hmm. I think in this case, it's like she knew that if she wrote that on the locker, she would get a reaction and she could use Sam as a way to have, you know, her mm-hmm. point her reaction and be able to make a big entrance. You know, yeah. no, it was me. <laughs> as opposed to having to go up and say, did you notice that I wrote slut on your locker? Right, right, yeah. Which is not nearly as, you know. She was just using Sam as a catalyst for drama. Yeah, exactly. Or epicness, just, yeah. Just the way she manipulated Karen into, you know, getting all on to Sam in the first place. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. <laughs> any other notes on the episode? Nope. Nope. Ooh. Nope. All right, let's see. Who won this week? The Freaks or the Geeks? Starting with Aisha. Um, I guess the Geeks. Geeks, interesting. Okay. Kelly Joe, Freaks or Geeks? Uh, Geeks, I guess, because they live, they're probably going to live happier lives in general. <laughs> okay. Emily? Um, I tend to think the Freaks won. 
Okay, Carol. I don't. The geeks didn't have a great time, and they just fought amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I go with the freaks as well. I I agree. The geeks will have a better life in general, but right. that doesn't have to do with the episode. The uh, I mean, Daniel got Kim back without having to do anything about it, and Kim unfortunately got Daniel back, which you know, and uh, well, they kind of deserve each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and Nick is just happily floating through life. So Nick got high. <laughs> got yeah. some fruit roll ups. He got some fruit roll ups. He got to you know, cop a couple feels of Lindsay, you know. Uh Gadrin? Uh probably the freaks. Yeah. And Ken got to avoid the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, I'm going to go with the Freaks, too, and it's not even because I think the Freaks had a great episode or anything. It's just because the the geeks only had negative things happen. So yeah, I, it was really sad. The, at least, at the very least, you know, I don't know, Nick didn't have a terrible episode, you know, so <laughs> he's the only one with, like, a really positive outcome here. He's high and happy. Yeah, he's just, he gets to be stoned and and eat free roll-ups, so. Daniel had a great episode. I mean, they, yeah, I guess so. Absolutely nothing, you know, stuck with him. Everything rolled right off him. He, you know, and you they know, even got donuts. Yeah, they did get <laughs> he got, donuts. He got donuts. He got whatever he got from Karen. You know who is the real? <laughs> you know who is the real losers of this episode? All of the parents. Yes. <laughs> um. All right, guys. Let's do some ratings. Uh, let's let's do the same order that we just did. Aisha, why don't you give us a rating? Okay, um, I guess I'll give this an A. Mm. I just thought it was a really intense episode, and um, it was, like, I I, def- I think everyone got, like, a good amount of character development, which is always a good thing. Mm-hmm. And I can't really think of anything I didn't like. Good. A is a good score. Um, Kelly Joe, our very special guest, would you like to give us a rating? Sure. Um... I really love this episode. Um, I think it's just such a solid piece of television. And, you know, just the acting is so well done. Um, I'm going to give it, but it's not my favorite out of the 18. I'm going to give this an A. Solid A. Solid A. Okay, it's two A's. M? A minus. An A minus. It's a good episode. I think it's got a lot of character development. It's entertaining. Um, it's heavy. Yeah. Agreed. Carol? I'm also going to give it an A. Um, I think it's kind of amazing that they were able to make a Kim-centric episode that didn't drive me crazy. Um, <laughs> totally. I mean, yeah, I mean, they managed to actually have her in almost the entire thing being obnoxious and not, you know, make you want to throw something at the screen, which is really, really good performances and everything else. Yeah, that is um, impressive. You yeah. would assume if you have to see her the whole time, you're just going to be annoyed the whole time. Yeah, but uh, it, it was funny and it was uh, it was it was just very, very well done and very, uh, very true. There was just a lot of truth in it. So yeah, mm-hmm. hey. Katrin? Uh, I'm going to give it a B plus, very close to an A minus, but B plus. Mm-hmm. Okay. B plus for Katrin, and I'm going to give it an A. I love this episode. I think that it's uh, it hits all the right emotional notes. I think it gives a lot of layers to 
a couple of the characters and it even with all of the the craziness that's going on it manages to remain funny the entire time um i'm yeah i'm going with an a this is definitely on the top tier for for the episodes of freaks and Geeks that i love oh and by the way my son told me to let you all know that he gives it an a plus a plus that is a solid score your yes. son is like a like recurring Colin. guest star even though he's only been here once like <laughs> his presence is felt he's, yes, the, he's yes. the sixth man well his comment was that you know as he was watching it that um boy these these people just anything can set them off you don't know what's going to set them off next and they stopped and he said and then i realized yeah that's the way everybody I know is. <laughs> the way all, all my the high school kids uh, that I go to school with are. I was like, yeah, well, so drama. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys want to do feedback or quotes first? I always I always think about this because I'm like, hmm, if somebody quotes something, are they gonna take my quote in the feedback? Let's do quotes. Yeah, let's do quotes. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Why don't you go ahead, Rich? Okay, I have a bunch, but I'm not going to do them all. Um, okay. Millie, when talking about Kim and the things that she does, <laughs> she, she fornicates it, okay? I love it. She doesn't even know how to use that term. <laughs> you can't fornicate a room. <laughs> it's fantastic. That's so great. Okay. <laughs> Who's going next? I can go. We have a a doorbell, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Some people can get heart attacks. People still have heart attacks. (laughs) (laughs) People still have heart attacks. Like, as if there was, like, conspicuous talk of, like, guys, did you know there might not be heart attacks anymore? (laughs) (laughs) Until you said that, I hadn't put it together with the fact that he used to always use some example of people being dead. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think of that either. All right, girls. Um, That's a perfectly good piece of veal wasted. I love how proud Mrs. Weir is that she made something so fancy like veal piccata. Yes. <laughs> she just seems so proud of her little housewife skills. Okay. Um, Kim Kelly is my enemy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sam, you tell her. Okay, and then I've got Kim Kelly's comment. You're my only friend, and like you're a total loser. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. All right, I got another one. I haven't done one yet. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um. Okay, this is Kim. My aunt Kathy was so rad. She lived in L.A. She was on Kojak. She doinked Ryan O'Neill once at a party. <laughs> wow, she sounds awesome. Uh, <laughs> she's dead. She, yeah, she she well, died. Kathy she OD'd on Coke. <laughs> Um, alright, I I got another one. It's Nick. Hey, so, listen, do you guys mind if I have this fruit (laughs) roll-up? So random. I 
Oh, because you think he's going to say something else. <laughs> yeah, I know. It seems like he's going to say something because he's just been talking about how well they did with, with uh, Lindsay. <laughs> like, <laughs> raising like, Lindsay. Yeah. But, just, but no, he needs to know about the fruit roll. And then he says it again at the end of the... Do you mind if I take these with me? He's got, like, <laughs> a bunch of fruit roll-ups. He probably has the entire box. so great. He's got, like, seven of them, and they just kind of appear in both of his hands. <laughs> so good. <laughs> really good. <laughs> Anybody um, else got any more? I've got one that we actually mentioned earlier, but I had written it down as my second quote, and that's the parents when they finally leave. This isn't good. No, yeah. it's not. <laughs> <laughs> or I've got a Karen one. What was that, Bilbo Baggins? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> For some reason, every time someone refers to somebody as a hobbit, I laugh. I find uh, that really funny. I had, cover your flesh, cover your flesh. <laughs> <laughs> There's a deleted scene that kind of puts that one into perspective. Oh, was that not in the episode? No, it's not. Huh. What? What? Um, there's a... There's an extended scene when they're playing with the chemistry set, and Sam's doing the essay. Um, let's see. He talks about... He saw somebody got some sort of chemical from a chemistry set on his skin and he like died and um so neil asks him what it was and he says it and he just he's got water in his hand and he flicks it in his face he's like oh i've got some of that right here and he like flicks it in bill's face and he freaks out <laughs> um i have two more quotes yeah, i got um, one more too <laughs> I'm not going to talk to him again, ever, so you all can just bite me. If he's planning on sleeping over, she can just forget about it. <laughs> Aisha, did you have another one? Uh, I thought kinda. you said that. Okay, what do you got? Um, I got Bill's, you don't have hair in your pits? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I have uh, one from Neil. Girls don't get horny. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh Neil, you're naive don't. fool. You're naive fool. Uh, excellent. Uh, I just like how Neil thinks he's just the absolute. He knows authority. everything. Yeah. Um. Okay, I have one more quote. This also involves Neil. What am I supposed to do? I mean, fight her. She's a girl. My dad has a rule. You don't fight girls. My dad has a rule. You don't piss your pants at school. Hey, I didn't piss my pants. <laughs> I love how Sam also calls him Bilbo Baggins again later when they get <laughs> See, in the fight. I don't remember. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, we all out of quotes, guys. I'm out. Okay, so then let's move on to feedback. Um, people, whoever has the emails open, can go ahead and do that. Okay, I've got, I've got the email from. Heidi, open. Okay. It says, hey guys, that was the most awkward turned scary dinner scene ever. And what a way for the Weirs to finally meet Lindsay's friends. I think this episode may need a subtitle to it. Awkward moments all around. Hmm. I loved Sam eating everything in sight trying to make himself grow. Oh yeah, we didn't mention that. I knew he'd end up getting sick. I really thought he'd get in trouble over the chemical burn in his bedroom carpet, though. I think it's funny how in high school it's a terrible thing to be called a geek. At least I wouldn't have liked it when I was in high school, and yet I identify myself as one now. It was nice to get to know Kim better, although I'm still not sure I like her. I do feel sorry for her, 
and I liked that she helped out Sam, not on purpose, of course. I couldn't believe that teacher. Yes, let's make bullying worse by posting his punishment essay on his locker. What the heck? Hmm. Anyway, I enjoyed this one, and I'm enjoying your podcast. Until next time, Heidi. Yay, thanks, Heidi. I'm glad you're enjoying thanks, our Heidi. podcast. And I think that's uh, that says something about the time period, where they just really weren't paying that much attention to bullying. Back on yeah, that. and let's just yeah. call him out on just yelling at someone because he thinks he wrote Pygmy Geek on his own locker. Yeah, it's just I a mean, ridiculous thing. just take a thing. step back, Mr. Kachowski. Yeah, seriously. Really nobody's doing that. that. Nobody's calling themselves a Pygmy Geek. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> but I don't think he cared, honestly. I don't think he no. was thinking, like, yeah. who did this. I think he was just thinking, okay, someone needs to get punished, and you're the person that's here. Yeah, he's a jerk. There, there, I know, Carol, I know you're... That's just absolutely done with kids hates kids yeah there are <laughs> definitely teachers like that yeah um all right you want to uh someone got harold's email oh yeah um when i think of this episode i think of the dinner scene at kim kelly's house which is very funny but to my taste goes over the top in a way that this show doesn't usually doesn't what really sticks to my mind is that this is Lindsay's first experience with a truly dysfunctional and lower class family and mike white Watching it this time, I found it interesting how the ways in which the characters viewed one another and themselves kept changing throughout the episode. Characters morphed from cool to pathetic, enemy to friends. I don't know if anyone else noticed it, but I, I, am, cre- I am curious about the brief moment when this family sits around in front of the television and watches the Barney Miller episode where the detectives are getting high. Why do you think they picked that clip for the scene? Anyways, gotta get back to my chemistry set. Hmm. Thank you, Harold. I did not notice that they were high, but I never watched Barney Miller. Oh, yeah. I remembered watching that scene in, in that episode. Really? Wow. And Yeah, they... It's awesome. It's, uh, yeah, they're laced brownies, uh, and they end up being high. Huh. I, I do... I also wonder why they would choose that scene. It's probably... Probably a funny joke to the writers. Yeah, I was just thinking yeah. probably inside joke. Or the director, whoever chose that. Well, I thought it was pretty funny when she was... Kim was saying... I hate cop shows. I'm thinking to myself, you really think of Barney Miller as a cop show? I've never seen nor heard of Barney Miller. So. I thought, it, well, I know it's not like Hill Street Blues or anything, but... No, it was a comedy. It was a half-hour comedy. Oh. Okay. It was really... It's a good show. It's very funny. It's a very funny show. Cool. Cool, cool, Great. cool. All right, let's get on this face back. Facebook. Facebook. Whatever. I, I mean, listen, guys, it's been, we've had like four episodes, and I'm pretty sure I said Facebook wrong every single time. So, yeah. We're just going to keep back. this up. Facebook. Before we, before we get to Facebook, uh, just as a aside for those of you as far as Barney Miller goes, um, for Firefly fans, if uh, that's uh, was the show that um, Shep- the guy who played Shepard Book was most known for. Mm, interesting. And he was in that scene. Shepherd book. Oh, was in the scene that they were watching? Yeah. Oh, I missed oh, I that. I thought I recognized that guy. Yeah. And his name, for some reason, escaped me right now. Yeah, but... I saw Barney Miller just a little on Nick at Night, but I a full episode. Nick at Night. Yeah, it's... I miss it's... Nick at Night. I loved Nick at Night. Yeah, man. I Dream a Genie and Bewitched. That was my jam. Dick Van Dyke Show. Oh. And now you can watch Friends. On Nick at Night, really? Yeah. Friends is on Nick at Night? Get out of here. Dude, that is the... 
you just made me feel older than I've ever felt in my whole life. I know. Get <laughs> used wow. to guys. I remember when Roseanne hit Nick at Night, and I was like, huh. Friends doesn't seem like a Nick at Night type show. I don't know why. No, it doesn't. All right, well, let's get on the face, Brooke. Okay. <laughs> um, Ray Doria says a lot. I'm going to read it. I'm going to do it quickly. This is a heavy episode. The dinner scene at Kim Kelly's house is truly uncomfortable, hard to watch, and pretty terrifying, as well as the scene at the end where Kim is hitting Daniel in the face. Just brutal to watch that stuff. As I'm sure Emily will tell you during the podcast, NBC refused to air this episode because of it. Yes, she did. Emily's very smart. I did say that. (laughs) Um, I do think that this episode does humanize Kim, though. I agree. When in the first couple episodes she just seemed like she was being mean to Lindsay for no reason, we now can see that there are a lot of factors to it. When you mix her terrible home life with Daniel's wandering eye, you can see why she was on guard as soon as the new attractive female started hanging around, which is what I think Emily that's, said before. That's a good point. Yeah. Oh, did I say that? You, sure, you, you sure did. <laughs> um... Her resistance to Lindsay joining the freak seems almost justified. And at the end of the episode, Kim has new respect for Lindsay going forward. Even such a heavy episode had some very funny moments. I love the cameo by Mike White as Chip, just sleeping on the couch and then waking up confused. I didn't even realize he had a name. Um, Any scene Kim had with the where parents or Sam were great. The Sam Neil geek fight, a stoned Nick stealing fruit roll-ups, and Millie being Millie. I love that she wrote her name in cursive with hearts on her portfolio. I did not notice that. Um, Also, we have a guest appearance by Rashida Jones as Karen. I am sure that most people have seen her before as she has been in many movies along with being on TV shows like The Office and Parks and Recreation. As well as being the daughter of legendary music producer Quincy Jones and Mod Squad slash Twin Peaks star Peggy Lipton. Overall, a good episode. A very gritty look at the world the freaks live in, especially Kim. And it was very cool to see the contrast between Kim's household and family to Lindsay's household and family. Two different worlds. Rich, how could you have forgotten her mom? Lindsay, or uh, Kim's mom. Yo, wake up, Chip! (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I was just like... Every time I see that scene, I'm just like, wow, who is this bum on the couch? And then they kind of explain it. They're like... He got, what did she say? He got beat up by a bunch of cops and now she thinks he has brain damage? Yeah, all he was is drunk in public. Yeah, I'm pretty (laughs) sure he's just lazy. Uh, uh, That was my takeaway of this. He's just a lazy guy that lays on the couch all the time. Because he was, like, when when the drama, when the shit started hitting the fan, he just woke up and was like, what's going on? And had, like, a No, I think he was slow. You think so? I think think he had been beaten the head too many times with a billy club. Maybe. Oh, um, okay. Harold Wallen says this episode was directed by Leslie Linka Gladder, who, amongst other things, has directed Twin Peaks and some of the better episodes of Mad Men. Good show, Mad Men. Um, anyone Twin else Peaks want to read here? I'll read, Pops. Okay. This episode made me feel sorry for Kim, which I don't really like. One of my pet peeves is TV shows taking wonderfully evil characters and humanizing them. I like my evil, evil. An extreme example is turning Margaret Houlihan on MASH into Mother Teresa. If it absolutely has to be done, it should at least be done over a long time to make it believable. Cordelia on Buffy. Here there is a huge turnaround in one episode. Kim from the first three episodes seems like she would have a very thick skin. I would have guessed that her boyfriend playing around on her would have bothered her very little, if at all. If they are trying to show that there are far worse parents than Mr. Weir, though, they are absolutely succeeded in that. 
Poor Bob. I don't think he's, he doesn't seem to be enjoying the show very much. I feel hmm. bad because it's such a great show. I it is. Although, you know, he's, I guess if you think about it, he's not in, he's in good company. He, this was like the worst rated show when it aired. <laughs> yeah, that's true. A lot of people must And have also, liked. if you look at the numbers that they got back then, networks would kill for these numbers. Yeah. Absolutely. They yeah. like got 12 million a week and they were like, no, this is not enough. You know, uh, Bob and I disagree about lots of stuff and lots of different shows, but um, I mean, he's got a point as far as I understand his thing about Margaret Houlihan to some degree, but even so, um, you know, she was one of those characters that they used her for whatever they needed to use her for. Whereas with this, I mean, I don't think that they are turning Kim nice. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. I mean, she's still just as obnoxious and nasty as she's always been. And uh, and when it comes to a guy fooling around on a girl, it's uh, it's a whole different thing than having a thick skin. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's one of her friends. Yeah. Especially when it's one of her friends. Right. So, yeah, and Ray does a pretty good job um, explaining to Bob kind of these points. Well, why don't you read that? Let's let Ray speak for us. Okay. I get, <laughs> I get what you're saying, Bob, but I think with this show, there are no true villains. These kids are high school students, and none of them are evil. It's not the kind of classic TV show where there are heroes and villains. They all have layers. They are just trying to find their way through high school the best that they can. And I think with Kim, she was threatened by Lindsay in the first couple of episodes. Nothing more than a high school kid from the wrong side of the track. tracks feeling threatened by the new girl. She puts up this tough front, but I think she does that as a defense mechanism. Also, in the end, Kim is still Kim. She's She's not just going to be the super nice person going forward. She still says things to Lindsay like, you're my only friend and you're a total loser. No offense. And even when she kind of helps Sam at the end, it's only because she wants to get back at Karen. It's not out of any real care or concern for Sam, and she still calls him a geek. So while you may like your evil evil, I think you will find that none of these kids are evil. Just my take on it. Yeah, I have to go along with Ray on that. I think Harold goes along with Ray also because he says, Ray expresses it perfectly. I think your understanding of these characters will change as you see them in different situations and contexts. I was particularly struck watching this episode to see how each character perceives one another and themselves and how I, as a viewer, see them change from scene to scene. And that's a good point. I, I think that my only defense of this, is, like, while all of these things are good points, uh, Bob makes good points, Ray and Harold make mm-hmm. good points. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think my only defense is that we haven't seen enough of Kim Kelly f- to really make a real judgment on her until this episode. Like, before this episode, we've seen her in, like, fleeting moments, her being a bitch, and then that's it. But, like, we haven't seen her need to be emotional we haven't seen her need to really have any kind of relationship with anybody you know just she's the bitch that daniel is going out with so so i think we finally get the the spotlight to actually shine on her here and this is our first real true impression of what she's like Uh uh i'm really (laughs) glad that uh that bob wrote that though because it did bring up more discussion so thank you bob oh i agree i i want i love that bob me and bob um 
Bob and I, excuse me. <laughs> we, uh, I'm trying to fix that, by the way, <laughs> in my vocabulary. <laughs> um, call me out on it if I ever do it. But anyway, uh, we disagree on almost everything Buffy related. Yeah, so like every time, every time he says anything Buffy related, I'm just like, oh my god, I'm gonna, I have to combat this with like <laughs> all of my opinions, and I kind of love it. I love the idea that people can love a show so much and love it for totally different reasons and totally different yeah. whatever. So I hope he keeps watching this show and, and uh, keeps writing in the things that he feels about it, just like that, because. I think that without the actual discussion, then it's just people, you know, gloating about how much they like like a show. This is what yeah. really yeah. creates debate. True that. Yeah. Um, uh, Nutty Nuchus, oh, our guest from the previous episode. Yeah. Um, she says, "I love this episode. I hate Kim Kelly. I hate her so much. And seeing Ooh. that her life is messed up doesn't change that hate. <laughs> Kim is way too much like one of my sisters. Unlike most kids who are bullied, who got to go home and escape their bullies, some of my fiercest bullies lived with me. Kim Kelly is so much like this sister. Yes, she is the most insecure person in the world, which is why she fights so hard to look tough, like she doesn't care about anything. But the problem is that she cares about everything." It's nice to see those levels, but it doesn't excuse her actions or her behavior, which I'm just going to – I want to pause right here and say that I felt – I feel the exact same way about Millie. Um, and I know that we we didn't really talk about this episode. We talked about it more in the last episode. But uh, what she just said about how it doesn't excuse her actions because of how, where she came from, I feel the exact same way about Millie. Like Millie was raised in, in a household where she's taught almost the complete opposite stuff that Kim Kelly was. But I don't think that because she's innocent, it excuses her condescension and her just overall frowning upon other people. Right. And I'm surprised we didn't talk about it because this is the biggest example so far in this episode that Millie just shows to be such a judgmental jerk. Mm -hmm. The, you know, the fornicated line was funny, but she's just spreading rumors about stuff she doesn't even know about, you know, and luckily Lindsay calls her out on it. But Mm -hmm. yeah, she's. I, I almost look at them like I can relate Kim Kelly and Millie to each other just as like total opposites, but who end up reaching the same mm-hmm. sense of, I, I don't even know what the word is that I'm looking for, but they, they go towards the same place, like, but just coming from totally opposite directions. Yeah. Um, where was I? It's um, it's nice to see those levels, but that doesn't excuse her actions or her behavior. She thinks it's okay to pick on freshmen and to pull up their shirts. If that was a female, that would have been a different scene, yet it is just as bad, male or female. Sure, I have some sympathy, but I don't excuse her, and my hatred doesn't subside at all. There's no reason Lindsay needs to back her up, but she does, and that just shows what kind of person Lindsay is. I hate the kind of parent who excuses their child for everything and refuses to believe that they can never do anything wrong. Not my child. My child would never, just as much as I hate the parent that does nothing but pick on their kids and expect the worst. Kim's mom may be harsh, but I will tell you she cares. She just doesn't know how to handle her kid. Instead of trying to reach her, she punishes her. She takes things away, yells at her, calls her names, and insults her. She does all of this in front of the other kids, which is just irritating. Her mom is awful, and sadly just as prevalent as the parents that excuse everything their child does. I love when Nick is over and 
and grabbing all the snacks. I love how he is respectful of the Weirs, even if Kim isn't. Daniel and Kim in the kitchen, I give him a lot of credit for not hitting her back. But still, if this scene were gender flipped, it would be taken very differently. Ooh, and again, yeah. I say this is just as bad. I appreciate that you brought that up, Nutty, because... She's um, totally right. If that was gender flip, that would have been a extremely more controversial scene. Yeah, and I appreciate that because while she was watching that, and I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh my god, I, you know, guys, we have it so terribly, but you know, sometimes there is a double standard uh, on both ends, you know, and that was one of them. Like she's she was really hitting him, you know, like she was hitting him hard. And I was just like, if that were me, if I were in Daniel's position, like I that I would not be able to talk to her after that. Like you just tried to to beat me up, you know. So I, I don't know. I, I appreciate that she brought that up because if that was gender flipped and uh, he slapped her once, you know, there would be an, a riot, you know. So it's nice that she said that. Anyway, um, this shows how messed up the relationship is. Physical abuse is not just okay, but expected. And of course, Kim takes him back because she is dumb, just like teenage girls are. No offense, Katrin. Yeah. <laughs> um, just like her mom says she is. Sam getting in trouble for what someone else did my whole life. Aw, <laughs> oh, nutty. <laughs> um, and then we got one more from Metris, who got in right under the wire. Like, literally gave us feedback ten minutes before we started this episode. He said, I remember this episode getting burned off on Fox Family before it became ABC Family, and they had to mute the swear words. Huh. I wonder what swear words he means. Anyway. Yeah. All the bitches, probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there were bitches. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. We said bitch a lot in this episode. Maybe that was just me. <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of diminished the impact of the more intense scenes. I think we all knew at least one Kim Kelly and the volatile relationships that Kim Kelly's have with their Daniel Desarios. The bipolar nature of those relationships is really well done here. They also really handled the situation of going to a friend's house where the situation is, let's say, less functional than yours. I know how Lindsay felt during that uncomfortable scene. I think most of us probably do. Uh-huh. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Thanks for all the feedback, yeah, guys. That's, that's all love the feedback. It. Thank you. Yeah, Thank excellent, you. everybody. We love it. Keep it coming. Oh, and by the way... Go on to iTunes. Write us a nice little review. You know, just to bring our spirits up. Hint, hint. Hint, hint. Yeah, hint, I listened to a podcast called uh, Movie BS with Baron Snyder. And when anyone writes an iTunes review, they read it on the show in old-timey radio voice. And they get a lot of reviews because of that. We should do that. <laughs> I don't know how to do old-timey radio voice. <laughs> I don't either. Yeah, in this like corner. This, really? <laughs> in this corner. <laughs> that's like the boxing announcer. <laughs> we'll do it in boxer announcer voice. We'll do it. Boxer announcer, Mr. Movie Phone. We'll combine them all. I think Rich, you're going to have to do most of it because I can't think of an old tiny female radio voice. Oh, that's true. true. Us men, we ran the world, didn't we? You did. You did. Oh, God. God. Oh, that's when it was better. Am I right, guys? <laughs> oh, back in the day. Man, oh. I wish I could go back to 1925. Everything was great for me back then. <laughs> All right. What's uh, what's on the slate for next week? Oh. Um, oh. Tests and breasts. Mm.
Mm. Hey, guess what? I think that is the one that Bob is slated to guest on. Awesome. Let's get Bob in on this. I want to, uh, I can't wait to. Let's pick Bob's brain. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see, I want to get like some, some real discussion on somebody that's, uh, not necessarily totally pro everything that I say, you know? Like, or that we say, like, I want, I want him, I want him to, to make us work for this. Yeah. We need another person from New Jersey on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. That, that's really what we needed. (laughs) Not enough. Yeah. I'm I'm New York. I mean, that's close enough. You're in New York, Kelly? Yep. Crazy. (laughs) All right, guys. New York state. Uh, I'm Westchester. Okay. Westchester. Okay. You sound like you put on um, like one of those ninja masks that covers your mouth. <laughs> oh, hold on. I know why that's happening. Because you're wearing better a ninja now? mask? Yes, much better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly why. I get my ninja mask in the way. <laughs> well, that makes you way cooler in my book. <laughs> Alright, guys. Talk to you all later. Alright. Bye. Bye. Bye you can find me. Oh, oh yeah. yeah! Wait, everybody, come we back! We are horrible hosts. Come back! <laughs> this is terrible. Wait, Ooh, this wait. is this is everybody running back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, Joe, tell us about yourself and <laughs> where we can find you. Okay, so you can find my podcast, Observer Cast. You just Google it, or Tumblr it, or Facebook it, or Podbean it, or Twitter it. You'll find it. Mm. Um. And you can also check out my Twitter and my Tumblr. It's the same name, Kelly Joe, K E L L Y J O 562, on the respective sites. All right. Cool, cool, Thank cool. You. And, and Rich, maybe put that, edit that right into the beginning, like we weren't rude. <laughs> <laughs> no, so you, you, put it you in want at us the to end. pretend that we're actually okay. good hosts? <laughs> Come on, the, the fans deserve the chance to know the real us. That's also, I th- I, Aisha, you're on that podcast too, right? Yes, yes. I'm the um, a veteran host. Yeah, she's, she's a our guide. Uh-huh. So, Kelly Joe, what is your uh, history with Freaks and Geeks? How did you get into it? <laughs> oh, I didn't want to put all this in in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, well, nice meeting you all, except for Aisha. Um, <laughs> I got the show from an Amazon Gold Box deal with undeclared about last june so you like undeclared june, eh, mm. i'm like nearly as much as i like this show okay because i think i like pug feeds writing style a little bit more than i like uh judd apatow's mm-hmm. but that's a different story for a different podcast um and i just started loving it the minute i like put on the first episode this was before Freaks and Geeks was on Netflix. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. And that's my story. Excellent. Okay. So uh, now that we were actually good people, <laughs> we can go. Bye. <laughs> bye. Right, bye, guys. Great having you, Kelly Joe. Can we just hang out now? <laughs> <laughs>